Welcome everybody to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. My name is Abraham Deweese. Back with me once again are Matt Page and Brian, the Soul Man, Solak. What's up, guys? Hey, hey, what's going on? Hey, hey. Is, is it sad that this is my favorite time of the week? I just have to say, <laughs> I love doing our podcast. Just had to throw that out there. <laughs> Sad? No, not I get not really. I guess uh, I, disappointing. I consider, <laughs> I consider it to be the exact opposite. I feel like this is a chore that suffering you two. Mm-hmm. It, it's exactly that suffering the two of you. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. But you know what? I'm a great That's guy. Not what I figured. I'm a great guy, guys. Okay, Matt, Brian, I'm a great guy. I like to help people when they're wrong about things. And notice, notice how he carefully didn't say we're terrible people. You're not bad people. He's a great guy. You're not bad people. There's (laughs) nothing wrong with the decisions that you make um, based off of the fact that you just need someone like me to help you understand the truth. And that's what Uh, we're here for. That's we just lack guide. You lack guidance. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I am your savior. I am the, I am the savior for, uh, for your, your collective souls. Um, I am Abraham uh, DeWeese and, uh, <laughs> and I will. Are you, the, are you, the, you might know this reference, Abe, but are you the Seth Rollins of our weekly podcast? Uh, yeah, I was thinking more CM Punk. Um, okay. <laughs> but sure, sure. Or Reverend Casey Treat. Oh, wow. Maybe I didn't think you'd like, go there. <laughs> okay, let's, uh, <laughs> this is a sports show, so maybe... Let's not go there, and let's uh, let's talk about the things that are going on here locally in Seattle and the area. And um, I just want to let you guys know out there, the 2019 World Champions of Fantasy Football was Abraham Deweese and his team, Cooper Cup Facts. Hashtag Cooper Cup Facts won the Inebriates League last week, and I just had my fantasy draft tonight and here's what i've learned to our audience out there and to you matthew page and to you soul man Solak. people don't like it when i keep bringing up the fact that i won at fantasy football during the draft that's in real life you wouldn't win so maybe that's why (laughs) in real life i did win. in real life i did win it's it's well, like good the joke about <laughs> it, 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 it's 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 like the joke about Buzz Aldrin who keeps on bringing up in every single conversation with everyone he meets that he went to the moon. Is that right? It like he used to do. He well, he used to do that apparently. Yeah. So you know, it, it, yeah, it gets old. It gets old. <laughs> it's like it's like talking to Matthew Page uh, about baseball, and then somehow the Dodgers end up in the conversation, right? Like, just organic they naturally come up and then we just discuss them i mean right. it just happens there's many times that Solman and i are talking about daniel vogelbach and you're like uh hey did you guys hear about the dodgers you guys like dodgers right i mean it's organic like that exactly See, it's oh, organic yeah. okay. that's absolutely a good example right there <laughs> great um well, anyway uh lesson learned for all of you guys out there if you did win your fantasy football last week, last year, or in previous years, who cares what other people thinks? You won. Tell everybody. Come on. What's the point of winning at fantasy sports if you can't tell everybody? 
I am also the moral compass of this show, as you can tell. There's, 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 there's the big trophy. The material uh, possessions. There are the material possessions. Uh, there, there was the uh, bottle caps that I won last year. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, beer. Uh, I didn't win I, the beer, but I did win three hundred bottle caps. Wow. Yeah. The last. The last, uh, the last one that I won, I, I won a beer from everyone in the league. So, you know, that was pretty good. I think you actually got two out of me because I made some sort of side bet with you. Oh, there, there, that was head that, to, yeah. For head to head. Uh, yeah, anyway. Um, you, guys, you guys care to hear who I uh, drafted this year? You're going to tell us whether we say We're, yes yeah. or no. <laughs> <laughs> right, but I will. Just skip forward to where you tell us. <laughs> All right, so here's here's who I got. Uh, I got McCaffrey, Mark Ingram, uh, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey. Um, those were my first four picks. <laughs> loading nice. up, loading up on running backs and tight ends. We'll see how that works yeah, this year. Bad. Depends on how your uh, your scoring works. Um, some leagues are rigged so they like quarterbacks are better, and some rigs are. You know, wide receivers are better. Well, this one's rigged to where running backs are better. And then I basically oh. took the two best tight ends because I'm a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want anybody else honest. to have a good tight end. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, we're doing a league then- out there. For our listeners out there, I'm going to try something different this year. And uh, for our Seattle Sports Union League, I'm going to go back 30 years into the past. Maybe 28 years, actually, now that I think about it. Um, and I'm going to do a fantasy football league where it's just scoring touchdowns. Wow. No yards. Who cares about yards? Screw yards. Touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll see if that works out. And if we'll see when the mutiny happens. Is that our draft next week or is this a different league you're going to start up? Uh, this is the one I set up earlier today. Okay. Right yeah. On. Yeah. It's drafting next week. The one I have 15 emails about in my inbox, apparently. <laughs> rules a bunch of times. Well, I just want to know if you want to play. Eh? Just ask him. <laughs> uh, what you should do is you should set it. You could set it so, like, we, we like, we can we go, we can go full, uh, full touchdown like you, you're talking about. We could set up rosters so, like, you draft, like, five players in each, everyone, and there's no position requirements of any kind and you just pick five players period and they're and just quarterbacks then that's it it could be it could be hey, running backs did, hey did you hear dan vogelbach signed with the milwaukee brewers yeah um i don't think he signed with them i think he got traded to them oh yeah was it a trade i thought they they picked no, him up because he was dfa'd he was dfa'd by toronto so it's yeah, signing. He, no, he was DFA'd, and then before they cut him, was it a waiver? In the, in the, in the it period, it was no, no, it wasn't a waiver period. When you're DFA'd, you have like seven days to be traded, or they they cut you. Well, yeah, but first, and, you, first you go through a waiver period, and that's usually a day for that uh-huh. process. So, did he go through that process, or it sounds like he went through uh, that process, and then now he got traded, right? You got claimed by waivers. That's right. Okay. Okay. So that's different than that's different than being yeah. traded. You got claimed by waivers. He wasn't signed. He was claimed. Yeah. So it's the and, same. It's the same. It's the same contract. 
Anyways, and then the Brewers cut former Mariner Justin Smoke. You know, imagine how he feels, right? Didn't you say that earlier, Matt, for Tex? Uh, oh, I said I you? said that. Um, oh, you said that. Okay. Yeah, but no, that. Um, <laughs> well, no, Matt. Matt and I sound alike. We're both very, uh, <laughs> oh, very angry about yeah. specific things, and we and we both agree all the time. <laughs> yeah, uh, so it's very easy to, to confuse us. Yep. But no, no, yeah. If you're just in smoke, that sucks. What do you what do you think about that, Soul Man? I, I I don't know what the Brewers are thinking. I mean, I think. I mean, Smoke is is kind of washed up, but he's a much better player than Daniel Vogelbach will ever be. And that's in my short summary. I mean, Vogelbach is worthless, period. So, like, but maybe the Brewers are scraping this year. I don't know. Well, they're well, middle, the, uh, middle of the road, right? Yeah, they kind of they traded some players. They I think they traded some like oh, like a reliever or two away. But they didn't really sell at the deadline. They kind of straddled that, and the, I think the thinking that's going on in their head here is that Smoke is at the end of his career and has no more upside, and he was doing terrible for them. And Vogelbach, maybe they think they can fix him. I don't know. That's usually that's usually yeah, yeah. That's usually how these things work. Is somebody thinks you know the Mariners suck at training. You know, and educating people out of yeah. how to hit. So maybe we can do something with it. Um, well, I mean, look at what happened. Yeah, you know, we gave up on smoke, and then he went to Toronto, and he was a very good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, good call. Yep. You know, and the Brewers are really good at uh, at, at, uh, at generating talent. I mean, really good at, at, at creating them. So, you know, maybe they, maybe they think they can turn them around. And they, they, they tried with smoke, and they weren't able to make them work. So they said, you know what? Let's just let's give another guy a try. But I mean, Smoke was already on the slide, wasn't he? He seemed like it. Oh yeah, he was. He was doing terrible this year. He was not doing well at all. Right, but even before he got to Milwaukee, in his last couple of years of Toronto, he wasn't very good. Yeah, his career is is been yeah going downhill. Yeah, yeah. So that, I think this is probably it for him. Unfortunately. All right, guys. Unfortunate. All right, guys. How'd the uh, Mariners make out during the trade deadline? Very very well. Yeah, I'll have to agree with it. <laughs> How much I hate Jerry Depoto, I thought he did a decent job. Let me uh, rephrase the question, guys. Can you describe what they did well? <laughs> or uh, what they did? <laughs> they gave up very little, and they got a heck of a lot in return. How do I get past? How do I get past these yes or no questions? These generic, <laughs> I, generic yes. answers. Here we go. I, let's let's I do will, this. Traded. They, no, 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 no. You got it. Okay. Start. All right. You got Solak fight here. All right. I will talk about the big trade. They traded catcher, actually, Mr. Utility, Austin Nola, reliever Dan Altavilla, and Austin Adams come back from injury to the San Diego Padres for their one of their top prospects, Taylor Trammell, who's an outfielder, pitcher Andres Munoz, catcher Luis Torrens, and first base, third base, Ty France. I think this is a hell of a trade because Nola – no, Noah's a good utility player. I finally admitted it a couple of weeks ago, but his his ceiling isn't going to last that long. And um, we, we got Taylor Trammell, who was picked by the Reds, I think, what was it, a couple of years ago, two or three years ago in the draft, and they traded him to the Padres last year, and now he's you know a Mariner, and he's still got high upside. He's only 22 years old, and he's already 
making a name for himself down down at the Tacoma, whatever the hell they call it down there, their training system down there. But apparently, I, bad research on my part, but apparently he played a joke on uh, Jerry Depoto already, and they're talking about it on the internet. But sorry that I can't follow through on that story. But um, we got a right-hander. Munoz, who can throw 100 miles an hour, who's coming back from Tommy John surgery. We got a starting possible starting catcher, at least until um, God, I can't even think of his name. The guy who's who we drafted a couple of years, oh, Cal, Cal Rowley, before he comes up and takes comes up and takes over. Luis Torrens and Ty France has been with the Padres all all year, and the guy has a decent bat and. He's going to contribute for this ball club. I mean, our team sucks, but Ty Francis still got – he's a utility player, and we, we did well. I mean, I'm happy happy to see Nola go to a contender, and Altavia made his debut tonight, striking out two in one inning, and uh, we, we did well on this trade. Even even the experts online say we, we got the better of the deal. So, All right, so you- hats off to DePoto. So you're telling me we did well, but I mean, who are these guys? I never heard of any of these. They're guys. young. They're, they're young. I mean, they're prospects, obviously, but it, it's still. But I think Taylor Trammell's going to be up in the majors in the next one to two years. Maybe he'll be a third outfielder or a fourth outfielder, just because now we have actual outstanding depth and our, you know, with these young kids coming up. But I mean, Munoz could be a future right hander out of the bullpen and. Like I said, Torrens is a starting catcher. The guy's I, even, I mean, he's going to prepare the way for Cal Rowley, but these guys are going to, I think these, I mean, I know the Mariners are a sad ball club, but these kids are going to come up and play and they're going to do well. But what I mean, makes mark you, my words on this one. Uh, Matt, what makes you think these, if you think these guys are going to do well, what makes you think that? Well, uh, Trammell went, he's like the second or third overall pick in the draft like two years ago or three years ago. Not mm-hmm. even that long. Correct. And everyone, everyone is incredibly high on this kid. His arm, his speed, and he, he's a he's a speed and and you know, um, glove kind of guy. But he, so he's you know he's never really going to hit for you know hundred dingers or anything like that. But he can when he gets on base, he can steal. He's basically what he is is he's a replacement for Malik Smith. He's much better, but he plays the same skill set kind of thing, you know, speed and, and defense. His arm doesn't really grade out center field probably long term, which is fine. Um, so he probably winds up left field uh, long term uh, or fourth outfielder. That's 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 no problem as well. But he, he does hit enough to carry his bat and be up in the majors uh, very soon. Uh, he just needs a little bit of polish. Uh, Andres Monos, uh, he's, you know, like, 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 so like I was saying, he's a live arm, but he, he, uh, he had Tommy John surgery. He's gonna, I think, uh, DePoto said he might be able to be on the mound by next May. Uh, no rush on that. He, he, um, he's the guy, he consistently, consistently hitting hundreds, over a hundred on the mound. Um, he, he, uh, it's a small, some small control issues as, as everyone does when they throw that hard. But uh, this guy, this kid's got a hell of an arm, and uh, if he can, you know, come back strong from Tommy John, which you know he probably should, um, it's just a matter of time. Uh, you know, that that that's a live arm for the bullpen in the future. 
Um, Luis Torrens will be joining um, the club probably very quickly, if not already. I, I haven't checked, uh, to be honest, where they assigned him. Um, but he'll be pairing up with uh, Murphy behind the plate um, probably through the end of next season before Cal Rally comes up. Um, and then long term, I don't know if he's going to stick, but we'll we'll see. He's he's a good piece though. Um, and uh, Ty France, I think, is the hidden gem in this trade. Uh, keep an eye on him. This is the guy who hit, who played uh, half a season at the PCL last year, Pacific Coast League. Now, for those who don't know, the Pacific Coast League is a hitter's paradise. It's a very hitter friendly league. All the all the stadiums are band boxes and, and so forth. So the hitter hitter stats and the pitcher stats you always have to take a little bit of a grain of salt in, in that in that regard. Um, but this kid he, he had about he had just short of three hundred um, at bats in the PCL and he was batting three ninety nine. That's not a mistake. Three ninety nine. Just short of four hundred. And he had something like twenty five home runs. Uh, last year, this is this this kid has a crazy bat. Uh, he's better suited to the corner infield, and I'm quietly keeping an eye on him. And maybe maybe we can move Kyle Seager in the off season and maybe give France a chance before uh, any of our third base. We got some. We have what Austin Shutton down in the in the minors, and that's really it in terms of third base depth uh, in the system. But uh, maybe maybe give him a shot at third and see what happens if we can escape Kyle Seeger's contract. To be honest, um, but this kid this kid's got a bat and you got to find a way to, to get him. You know, obviously maybe, maybe we put him in DH. You know, maybe he takes Vogelbach's spot. But you don't. You, you got to find a way to get that bat in the lineup. Uh, and he he has been hitting at the major league level. He's been batting like 289 or whatever, something like that, for the Padres for about 100 at bats this season so far. So uh, he's he's shown he can make the adjustment to the major league level. He can hit. He's not been on any real prospect list, but he kind of just appeared. And apparently, from what I've been reading, Mr. Depoto has been asking about him for the Padres for two years now. Uh, he's been on the watch list for the Mariners, so they, you know, there's, there's something about the kid that that's notable. Uh, and then, you know, as far as what we gave up, yeah, Nola is is a utility guy who's who's added benefit is he can play catcher. Um, he's a he's a he's a low rent Ben Zobrist, and uh, we sold high on him. He was a scrap heap pickup. And we just, you know, we picked him up off the heap. We we dusted him off. We helped him adjust his hit, his bat, and he 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 flourished. But we didn't really invest anything to get him. And um, also Vila and Adams are two bullpen arms that are eminently replaceable. Uh, so you know, in order the, the return, I think is far outweighs what we what we gave. Um. So exactly. I. So I will. Real. I'm so, sorry, but I don't mean to interrupt you. But I want to throw in one more thing we have depth all these young kids now we have what five guys who are all young and capable of being on this ball club the next couple of years and i i think that's huge if we, if depoto doesn't screw this up and we can get a couple key free agents one of these guys obviously is going to go into trade but hell of a trade dude i think it's one of his better trades and i'm gonna if you have a standing ovation, you know, sound right now that i would give him on this one um i do have a standing ovation and it sounds like this but 
<laughs> Might also oh be this. And hang on, hang oh on. Oh my god. Hang on, okay. hang on. I, you guys, thank you. You you gave me some ideas to why you think it's a great idea. Uh wet blanket time. Every single <laughs> every no, serious. Every single time you guys brought up something, all I could think of was like, uh, you know, Taylor Trammell. Obviously, you know, a high level prospect that was so so wanted and loved that he's cast off by the Cincinnati Reds at the first chance. You know, he's cast off by by the by the Padres for a like you said, guys, you know, just extra utility guys who don't matter. That guy is that guy's so loved. The guy who played who was with the Amarillo sod suckers or whatever it was last year. Um and batted 220. That guy, you, you want me to get excited about that guy? Ty France. I, yes. Ty I France. Do. Hang on, Ty France. Um, so, Matt, you were right. He did almost bat a 400 at PCL. Mm-hmm. Went to the majors, played his second half of the season there, batted 230. Obviously doing a little bit better this year. But, you know, I, I'm having a hard time with a 34th rounder in Ty France getting all that excited. Um, so, you know, we'll see, we'll see, but I'm not certain where everybody's calling this the greatest trade of all time. I will accept what no. you guys say. Well, hang on, hang on. Solid trade. I will accept what you guys say in that you're giving up extra pieces for young guys. I will not accept that these are proven commodities who are going to come in here. Everybody's telling me that this, Taylor Trammell is going to be this great outfielder all-star. We're going to have three all-stars in the outfield. Don't tell me that. We don't know that. We never said that. We just nope. said it was going to be a good addition. Um, I don't know. Text me. For the record. I'm not, I'm not talking about YouTube. I'm not talking about YouTube. I'm talking about all the things okay. I'm reading. I'm talking about all the text all messages right. I get. There are people saying this, and I say, calm down, everybody. These are prospects. They're just prospects. Yeah. Calm down. They've, they, haven't well, proven, I mean, they haven't proven anything. Yeah, and I want to emphasize, like, like like you said, you know, we gave up pretty much nothing. We sold high on on a utility player, and we, and then two relievers that are completely replaceable, um, and we got some value in return, potential value for the future, which is what you want to do in this kind of situation um, as a rebuilding team. Uh, the, the the one thing to note about what you're saying about teams giving up on Taylor Trammell, uh, he was traded uh, to the Padres, or Padres traded him. Um, Padres traded for him. He was part of the deal with uh, uh, Trevor Bauer and Yasiel Puig and, and so forth. It was he was part of a big trade. You know, they were spending. It wasn't something they did lightly. The the Reds spent him to get Trevor Bauer. So, you know, I mean, it's not it's not like he uh, not like these he was just given up for no reason and all we gave up on him. You I don't know? know. Just like when you compared to Malik Smith. And then I looked up his batting average. In the I'm, saying it's a, I'm saying it's a similar skill set. Is what I was, that's what I was really banning. Yeah, I, you know, the, the speed outfielder. I think there's zero guarantee that this guy's a, a major leaguer. But can I add no, one there more isn't. thing? There is no I, guarantee. There never is a guarantee. There is never a guarantee. But I want to add one more thing before they made that trade with the Indians. Uh, what's his face? Depota was high on Trammell, and he, he pushed for him hard before – because when they were trading Paxton, but then he decided to go with the Yankees when when we got Justice Sheffield. So 
he's been on the eye of Depoto for quite a while. I just wanted to throw that in there before they, they moved on. So both them and well, France. everyone's high. I mean, a lot of every pro, every you know every scout is high on Trammell. He he you know he's got a world of talent. Can he apply it to major league level yet? We don't know. We'll find out. Exactly. But the risk to us as a as a as the Mariner club is minimal because, yep. like I said, we traded parts that extra pieces. You know. I can accept that. That's cool. Um, Good value. I, I just I just read some articles and I. And I and I laugh. I'm like you guys, you guys have no oh, idea no. if these guys are. But you're right. I mean, we're trading pieces, guys who won't be here in 2021, essentially anyway. At least by the end. Yeah. By the end of 2021. All right, guys. Yeah. Nola Nola had no spot and on the future of the of the squad, really. All right, guys. Tell me what you think about this uh, starting pitching lineup for the Mariners halfway through the season. We're talking about Marco Gonzalez, Justice Sheffield, Justin Dunn, Yusei Kukuchi, Nick. Uh, Maria Jovish, Mar- Mar- Marjovicious, and Kendall Graveman. Yeah. What do you guys think? Any gems here it, to carry to next year? I'll, I'll admit, if I go back to, you know, our preseason picks, I, I, I thought this lineup, you know, sucked, you know what? But <laughs> I, I, I'm impressed. This is Marco Gonzalez has shown me more than I expected of him. He's doing a hell of a job. I mean, the guy goes out consistently, throws strikes, and gets the job done. I mean, he had a, what do you have a complete game the other day? Uh, but I mean, over the seat, I know it's twenty twenty. I don't care, but he's throw, sh- proven that he he can be a number two, a number three, you know, down the road once we get our future ace, hopefully. And then Sheffield, I mean, Sheffield, the guy's coming on. I mean, the guy can throw strikes. I mean. Bad on my part for not bringing you the stats, but I was looking at earlier that the guy throws way more strikes than balls. His percentage is high, and so is the percentage of guys hitting his strikes. <laughs> true, true, but I mean seriously, the last he, he started out the season weak, but his last you know why well, we haven't had that much of a season, but his last seven eight starts, the guy has proven to be a, a decent pitcher. I mean, he's not going to be an ace of our staff, but he's going to be. I can see him being a you know a number three and number four starter if we keep him on his ball club. I cannot accept then, that. I cannot accept that. I watched that damn game why? on Saturday, that sixteen to three disaster. I stuck around. Oh. <laughs> I'm an idiot. I should have turned that off and done anything else in the world and watched Justice Sheffield get shelled for it was like seven runs, seven of those sixteen runs. I don't know. I need more out of that guy. Six runs, yeah. Well, that's one bad start. I think he's had more quality starts than most of this, this crappy staff that we have this year. And then one more pitcher that stand out, stands out to me is Justin Dunn. He's gone. He's had his highs and lows, but I, I, the guy, the guy looks good. I mean, he's another guy who throws strikes, and he's got three or four pitches to his repertoire. And I mean, just watching an interview from this guy, this guy is. Very impressive to listen to, and I know that's just listening to and not on the field, but he, he's proven that he can, you know, pitch in a, on a major league ball club, and whether he's a number five starter or they move him to the bullpen. I, before the season, I thought this guy was a pile of, <clears throat> but now I, I'm, my attitude about him has changed. Everybody else on that list can eat a bag of, you know what. <clears throat> wow. Okay, hang on. Oh. Matt, I was about to go to you, but I got to stop. I am. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to fight Soul Man <laughs> on every single one of these points because I thought Nick Maravicious looked pretty decent 
Um, in his last four starts, he's given up. It's only like two runs per game. I mean, like he just he's he's got the uh, Felix Hernandez disease where nobody wants to score runs for him. For him, you know. Oh. Um, I like Nick Maravicious. Um, and I just Justice Sheffield. I am not sold, Matt. What do you think about any of these pitchers? Um, well, first of all, with you, I'm with you on Marge, as I call him. Uh, I, 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 I like what I'm seeing. Um, you know, that, he's never going to be an ace, but I, I think he could be a very solid number five, maybe number four um, on a good day. Uh, dude for us, uh, eat up innings, or at the very worst, uh, a long swing man out of the bullpen for us. I think he could be very, very valuable to us. I think he's a good piece. I think we should hold on to him. Um, uh, Mr. Mr. Kikuchi, I am done. Uh, pull the plug. Yeah. I think at the end of the season, there's an opt out for the club. Opt out. Uh, walk away. Cut your losses. It's time. Um, let's move on. It hasn't worked. We tried. It's no hard feelings. It just hasn't worked. Let's move on. Um, and I am. I, I love Dunn. Justin Dunn. I absolutely do. I love what I see. I think he is stellar. I think he's going to be a very solid number three guy for us. I am excited about his future. I really like him. I've been high on him from day one. I, I was questionable about whether he could be a rotation guy, but he's proved me wrong. He's definitely doing very well as a, in the rotation. Like with the last two starts, he's gone six innings and no runs. Um, done very well. Uh, averaging about strikeout an inning. Um, doing doing well. I love his slider. His slider is just scary. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, excuse me. Um, and uh, as far as Sheffield goes, I'm coming around. Uh, there might be some usefulness to this this player after all. I was very low on him to start the season. Uh, being a being a former uh, Yankee prospect, I was pretty sure he was you know all hype and nothing else. Uh, but he's he's uh, he's starting to put it together. Yeah, his last start outing, he he had a rough outing. All all young pitchers are going to have those days. Everyone has those days. I mean, I, I what on, on trade deadline day, I was watching MLB Network and they watched as as Jacob Degrom, the arguably the best pitcher in baseball at the moment, got roughed up for like five runs. You know, so I mean, it it happens to everyone. Uh, I wouldn't judge a guy on one start. Um, but you know, I think there's there's some there, there's a useful pitcher in there, uh, and then Marco Gonzalez is being Marco Gonzalez. He's reliable. He's a number three starter. He shouldn't be an ace for a staff. Um, and and I, I like him in the third role. I don't like him when he's our ace. Uh, but you know, there there obviously there are some pieces that are useful here. Um, yeah. I like him. Our best prospects haven't shown up yet for pitching. They're still down. Logan Gilbert, um, George Kirby, Brandon Williamson, um, Isaiah Campbell, uh, who, who by the way, just got his degree uh, this week uh, by, by uh, studying in the off time at the uh, alternate site. Uh, and uh, give him props for that. And, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're the, best, the, best, the best pitching prospects haven't shown up yet for our rotation. But there are some useful pieces already here. That's nice to see. Yep, well said. <clears throat> All right. Um, no, we didn't. We didn't. Real quick, sorry, we we didn't mention Kendall Graveman because 
No, there's a reason. We got, we, there's no need yeah, there, to. There's no need no to need talk to, about this exactly. guy. <laughs> We're wasting internet Sorry. on this on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let's go ahead and talk about the National Football League because that's starting in a couple of weeks. And in fact, at the beginning of this uh, show, I mentioned I just did my draft, so I'm starting to get excited. And I, you know, I know there's some. Uh, speculation whether this season's going to happen or not but i say who cares we didn't know if there's gonna be any baseball and there kind of isn't but <laughs> it doesn't matter i'm getting something guys and i'm darn it this weekend there's some college football and i'm gonna watch some lousy uh division not division two but you know what i mean uh mid-major teams and i'm going to enjoy it <laughs> hey central arkansas versus austin p wasn't the was a juggernaut matchup let me tell you uh, what happened to jack zarensic's old alma mater um he was up from austin p right i think yeah. they won oh i i don't know i fell asleep i was watching the game at like <laughs> 1 30 in the morning <laughs> <laughs> on youtube tv i had a dvr so so i was watching it real late i fell asleep in like the, the third quarter or something but so, um yeah uh, it was it was interesting so i read a publication that listed russell wilson i think it was espn um that listed him as the fourth best player uh in the nfl behind mahomes jackson and aaron donald is that a fair spot for him uh, I, don't, I don't sorry go ahead second Matt. or i'll go first okay uh as far as yeah, I mean that that seems that seems roughly fair. I mean he carries that he carried our team last year. He carries our team most years. Uh, you know he he is the definition of a franchise quarterback in that when he's on the field, everyone else plays better because of him. He raises everyone's you know the level of the play by all of all his teammates around him. And uh, you know I mean Mahomes obviously is the number one guy right now in the game because he's just far and away amazing. And Lamar Jackson has his own talents. Uh, you know, I think I think the only... And Aaron Donald is crushing it on defense. The, I guess in my own personal ranking, I'd probably put Lamar Jackson fourth, Russell Wilson third, and Aaron Donald second. But that's just me. I, I agree with most of that. I think Lamar had a great year, and he's still getting better and better. But Aaron Donald, yeah, he's a hell of a player, but I, he shouldn't be on that. You know, it should be offensive players. In my, in my, they should separate offense from defense. And I think Russell Wilson should have been voted second best on that on that list that you're talking about, Abe. I mean, Wilson's a franchise player, like Matt said, and if, if he wasn't on the Seahawks team, you, we would be. You know what, Creek, without a paddle right now. So I'm very, we're, we should be very thankful we have him on a football team. Yeah, I think I generally don't like lists like this because football is so dependent upon the talent that you have around you. And I don't know if – yeah, I don't know if it's fair to compare quarterbacks versus defensive linemen um, because they do vastly different things. Um, yeah. I warn everybody – Right now, I'm warning everybody. I did last year as well. Um, we need to think about what happens when the league catches up to Lamar Jackson. Same thing was said about Russell Wilson. What happens when you take away Russell Wilson's running game? Well, he became even more awesome. 
So um, what happens when Lamar Jackson's running game gets takeaway? Does he end up like uh, Vince Young or does he end up Russell Wilson? I think it's a little too early to figure that out. Yep, good point. Or does he go the Cam Newton route and become amazing for two or three years against all odds and then flame out in in an interview? No, Bill Belichick said yesterday that Cam Newton is still awesome and he's going to be the starting quarterback of your New England Patriots. They're mine now? Well, maybe they're Solex. I don't know. I don't I don't want to because I don't want to have to I don't want to have to talk to what's his name Gillette that the owner uh, <laughs> the guy that that guy's that guy's a sleaze bag but uh yeah, franchise is a sleaze bag from top yeah, to bottom. Yeah. Uh does does Cam Newton though revive his career? No. Uh probably not, but the guy's still a good quarterback and he's going to a good system. I mean, he, one of the best coaches of all time. I don't give a crap what you guys say or what they say about Belichick. He, whether he's a cheater or not, they've won a ton of Super Bowls. and By cheating. Uh, yes and no, but. The fact yeah, that you Cam have to Newton, say yes is enough for me right there, but okay. Well, I mean, there, there's a couple years I'll question about, again, my research. I did a bad job on my research. I apologize, but. Cam, Cam Newton's a decent quarterback, and he's going to a great system. And I think he's going to, if, if he is going to be starting quarterback, means already named captain. I know that's one, that's one thing, but he, he, if he can stay healthy, I mean, I know everybody's opting out on that team, so it's, it's hard to really predict. So, I mean, I think they have like ten plus players who, who opted out already. So Matthew Page is, of course, the paragon of virtue on this show, and um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if one person does one thing not his way. Then, then they must be a, a horrible team, franchise, or person. Um, I think Cam Newton can be salvageable. Um, I just, you know, I, I just kind of think like if you put him in the Patriots, who are going to be defense first, a run oriented, maybe they can, maybe he can be good enough. And uh, we all know the AL East is a terrible division, you know, so maybe he can be good yep. enough to get them back to the playoffs and salvage something out of his career. All right, guys. Um, this was kind of hilarious. A couple weeks ago, Earl Thomas got kicked off the Ravens. The Ravens who are doing, who are doing everything they can to not be put in salary cap hell are still willing to take the chance <laughs> of being put in salary cap hell just to get this guy off the team. Apparently he's hated by everybody. What'd you guys make of this story? I mean, you're 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 punching your one of your your football play, you know, teammates. I mean, the, the, I don't know. It sounds like a cancer to me in the clubhouse. I know he's a hell of a player, but but haven't fights happened before? You know, in training camp. Yeah, I mean that you're that make you're making a good point there, and I mean we discuss was discussed this off the air, and I do agree with the with the salary cap thing, and I mean the Ravens are. I can't think of the right word. They're they're sick of him. Uh, sick of him. That's for they're, si- they're sick of him and yeah, trying they're trying to, to they're trying to sneak out of his contract. Out of the guarantee that they owe him. There you go. Oh, but they're running into but, huge roadblocks. Uh, everybody, not everybody, but I mean, they're running into uh, union problems, and uh, oh, the, yeah. the league is trying to not let them out of it. Um, but I mean, this is interesting, Soul Man, because you're you're a guy who once took a baseball bat to a player who sat on the bench instead of standing you know, during 
the at bats. Like I, he did, and I, I, I don't know <laughs> if he's had too, too many hits to the head over the years or what. And <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'll admit, I mean, I may have already said this to our fans before, but I mean, he was one of my favorite players with the Seahawks. And but when the way he left, I, I took my jersey and I threw it in the garbage. I didn't even donate really? it to charity. I did. I mean, the, I, I, something's happened to where his. I mean, he's still a good football player, but mentally, there's he, he's messed up in the head right now. And so, Matt, I, Matt, why I can't know. Matt, why can't a free safety have an orgy and not be judged? <laughs> he can. And and that's fine. I that's not the problem. The problem is he's a jerk to absolutely everyone around him. Uh, you know, he's a head case at this point. He can't get along with anyone. And and Hall of Fame talent, absolutely unquestioned, first ballot into the Hall of Fame. But you know, a ten cent brain at this point. I mean, maybe it's concussion related, and he's got CTE, and that's why there's a change in his personality or something. And now he can't work with people. I have no idea. I'm not a medical expert. But I do know that the guy has just become impossible to work with, and that's going to impact his employment. I think the fight was not the big thing. I think the it, big thing was he missed assignments in practice and basically refused to, refused to address, you know, uh, times at which he missed, you know, big plays in practice. And I think that's where Harbaugh probably said, you know what? You can, you know, you, you can have orgies, you can get into fights, you can do whatever, but you can't miss your defensive assignments and <laughs> we need you out of here. <laughs> well, yeah. And he, you know, and he wasn't, he wasn't getting along with anyone in the clubhouse. He was, a, he was a distraction and he wasn't performing on the field either. And so it was like, yeah, it was a lot of things. And, and, and he brought it upon himself and it's unfortunate to see, you know, his career take that turn but after the way he left the seattle it's not really that big of a surprise i guess yeah i'm hearing all the pundits say that the seahawks are not just a little bit better than they were in the past but much better than they were last year any thoughts any thoughts about uh you know where the defense is from this time last year to today yeah we're we are much better we actually have a we have a secondary now and we didn't have one last year. And where we didn't really have any pass rush last year, we still don't have any pass rush. So we haven't really changed from a from a standpoint up front. I guess yeah, we're missing Clowney now, but um, but otherwise, you but know, we we're not really. We, we didn't really have a pass rush even with him. Yeah, but we didn't have Clowney at the start of training camp last year either. That was like true. A, that nope. was like a last second trade. So, you know, I mean, as far as where we were last year at this time, where we are now, um, you know, we have not we have a secondary. We didn't have one last year at this time. So, I mean, we did. I mean, there were players that were suited up and were standing out there in the field. But you know what I mean? Like, we have, we have one. We have probably the best one in the league now. I mean, honestly, it's, it's debatable. And that gives us an edge. Do you, this is minutia question, but do you guys remember where we were when we heard about the trade for for Clowney? Uh, yes, we were in Moscow, Idaho. Yeah, and, very good. And uh, I was the one who told everyone because I woke up and thought, holy crap, really? And you guys were like, what? <laughs> yep. And I'm like, we got Clowney. And you're like, no. 
<laughs> Wait, was I there? You were there. Uh, we were there, yeah. You were there, and you were there, and everyone was, it, was there. And... Was I drinking? No. no it, was, it was very early in the morning. Oh. Saturday morning, in fact. So, like I said, was I drinking? <laughs> uh, not yet. Oh, not we, yet. We hadn't, okay. we hadn't gotten to the mimosas yet. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> That's right. We had mimosas in Moscow, didn't we? Yeah. We did. a half, yeah. Half liter mimosas. Yeah, we were, we were going to go to a, a, a real breakfast place, and then we saw half liter, it was like half liter or liter mimosas. For uh, for for cheap, and we're like, yeah, well, let's go there instead. <laughs> um, back to your defensive question. Yes, we are 100 percent better. I mean, we got Jamal Adams. Enough said right there, uh, and hopefully Dunbar is not affected by what happened to him in the offseason with the you know with the legal with his you know pointing the gun at the people and robbing them supposedly, and a full season of Adams. A full season to Adams, yep. And I know our pass rush sucks, but for years our pass rush has sucked, but we always seem to compensate somewhere else, whether it's offense or – I mean, maybe our secondary is good enough to where, where our pass rush is going to be able to do a better job. Diggs, not Adams. What did I say to Adams? You're, that's fine. Diggs right. and Adams. Yeah, we – Either way, full, they're both – We got Diggs halfway – season of Diggs. Yeah, we got – yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's yeah, what I – Theoretically, we're also six sacks better than we were last year. But I don't like to, I, I don't like to compare sacks because, in my opinion, sacks are often predicated on other defensive linemen who um, help you out. For example, back in the '90s, there was a Seattle Seahawks player named Michael Sinclair, um, yep. and he would consistently get about ten sacks a year. But that was, in my opinion, because Cortez Kennedy collapsed the def- the offensive line and made it easier for. Exactly. Sinclair to get the sacks. Not that Sinclair was a bad yeah. player, but I don't think I don't think he did it all on his own. Um, yeah, no, I, I I think sacks are they're like saves in baseball. They're they're a nice stat, but they're not really the full picture, and they're not really that important. Um, ultimately, I mean, like they are important. Like it's great to sack the quarterback, but but in terms of like you know impact on the game, like for example. You add Clowney to your line. The guy is never going to get 20 sacks in a season. The guy will never get those numbers. But undeniably, you put him on your defensive line, he disrupts the crap out of that offensive line, and he distracts the quarterback, and he's something they have to game plan for. He'll never have all those sacks, but he is a game changer, you know? Matt Page, yep. it looks Matt Page, it looks like your guy – uh, Ugo Umadi might be taken out by Marquise Blair as the nickelback for the future. Any thoughts on that? Uh, that's possible. I, I like Blair. I like what I've seen from him. Umadi hasn't been showing it on defense. Um, I like what I've seen from Umadi on, on special teams. I think Umadi is going to stick around because of his special teams role. And he can do punt returns as well in a pinch. Um, so there's still use keeping him around obviously um but yeah i think i think you know blair blair has been impressing me when i see him and uh i haven't been seeing Madi like you know on the field last year you know when i when i when i, when I look for players who are doing stuff Madi's name hasn't been coming up often but blair <laughs> is always there in the area you know so um if blair wins you know more power to him 
So does, does that bother you? Uh, I want to know. I mean, some of our fans want to know too. Yeah, as an Oregon Duck Ex- fan. Yeah. Does that bother you? No, it doesn't bother me. The best player in the you know gets wins the role. It's you know it's fair. It's a fair competition. That's no problem. Um, you know, we want the best team on the field. Right, but when you went to the or- when you went to the Seahawks website and you're about to just before the show click on Umadi's jersey, do you now like uh-huh. pick your finger back up a little bit? No, you mean was I going to buy his jersey and then I backed <laughs> off? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> no, I I have no problem wearing a ba- wearing a jersey of a backup player. I have no problem with that. I you're talking to a guy who wore a punter's jersey. <laughs> And then got very upset True. because they we drafted a new punter, which meant that my punter jersey was was now worthless, and I had to get a new one. All right, so I have no problem wearing a backup jersey. That's fine. I um, have a que- I have a question for our host. Whenever you're ready. Yeah. Um, they're saying that uh, uh, Cody Bart linebacker Cody Barton's having a hell of a camp and. He's going to get a lot of PT this year, but they're saying your boy Ben Burkirvan has fallen down the depth chart from U- UW. How do you feel about that? Uh, yeah, Ben Burkirvan uh, just doesn't have it. That's all there is to it. Um, what really makes me slap my head in disbelief is that Barton is impressing yet again, and for some reason we drafted uh, we, we we drafted a linebacker who was targeted as third round uh we picked him in the first round when we have cody barton i don't get it <laughs> you know in, 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 know, a, in a league are you talking about the linebacker who can't line or back exactly brooks. yeah brooks i mean brooks again like i'm not gonna say he's gonna be a terrible player because uh uh you know you see they everybody says he's a third round pick so that means that's a person who should make the team um but it's yeah. not a difference maker. And if, if Barton's out there impressing at linebacker, we'll have Barton, right? And uh, Bobby Wagner. A- and Brooks is going to do what? A first round pick is uh, first round picks, in my opinion, guys, unless they're a quarterback who you want to sit for a year, first round picks should be on the team and they should be contributing. Yeah. I, I don't need yeah. him sitting there. I, absolutely. I don't sit there need him, needing him to wait till, you know, uh, Bobby Wagner collects his pension. Like, He's got to be on the field. And, yeah, they shouldn't be a roll the dice pick. They should be that sure thing, pretty much. Yeah, and that's that's what bugged me about Rashad Penny. That's what bugs me. Jeez, oh, yeah. Um, ben Burke, Kervin, um, yeah, he's not he's not pulling it. And I, I feel the same way Matt does. It's like uh, love that the guy. I love that the guys from UW, but um, if you can't beat out the guys in front of him, it's just the way the. Yeah, but you can, always, you can always get a Will Disley jersey or uh, or you know something else. I need you to know, get a yeah. sample. There, there are other Huskies. I need to get a Cincinnati Bengals sample jersey. <laughs> right. I, let me ask one more question, please. Ben Burkirvan, and I hate to admit this, but I love this guy out of UW. I thought yeah. he was one of the best defensive players in the country. Sure. Why is he not excel? Why didn't it trans, trans, you know go over to the NFL? What? Why isn't he doing well in the NFL? Is he too small? Is he what? Why? I don't get it. A different. The NCAA is a different game from the NFL. Okay. It, it's fun. It's fundamentally different, and you can, you can have weaknesses in your game, in college, 
and the coaches can put you in positions to succeed. Um, in the NFL, if there's any weakness in your game, the other team is going to pick on you. And they're not going to stop. You know, uh, that's, that's all there is to it. Trey Flowers last year at cornerback, every team knew that he was the weak spot and every team threw on him. And there's nothing that, there's nothing that we could do except hope he got better. Um, he got a little okay. bit better, but he didn't get, he didn't get to that, you know, above average zone. Um, ben Burkirvin goes out there. Um, people run at him and he doesn't make the plays. Back at uh, back at UW, they used to put him all around the field. Um, they didn't have him as like a straight up middle linebacker or playing straight up Sam or straight up straight up Will. They kind of had him like moving around. I don't know if you remember a guy named Carl Mecklenburg from uh, Denver Broncos. Um, oh yeah, kind of kind of like one of those type of guys. And you know that that can work in that can work in college because you can, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you you can, you know. Uh, position them around to, to hide their weakness. But when you got like 11 guys on defense and one of them is clearly not at the same level as the other 10 guys, every NFL team, this, this is how the Patriots have won all these Super Bowls. You'll notice like from week to week, their offense is never the same. And there's a reason. Correct. It's because they pick on, they pick on the, uh, on the week. It's, you know, predator lifestyle, right? Now it's yep. true they like to go film illegally <laughs> and find these weak <laughs> players, but oh yeah, <laughs> but, that, but that's what they do, and that's and they do it better than anybody else has in the last twenty years. Okay, yeah, they they illegally film better than anyone else has. That's true. <laughs> quick quick question. I mean, I know this is not a Seattle guy, but he, uh, California Golden Bears had a linebacker just like this guy. I, I think he got drafted this year. Do you, do you, do you know who I'm talking about? He played four years for them. He was like all Pac-12 every year. I think he was Defensive Player of the Year one year. Uh, linebacker. Um, I think he was a local boy too, but he got drafted. No, by, I think I he got drafted by Ayers. I know. I, I, I wrote an article about this guy on SeattleSportsUnion.com. He has like a he has like a E name E E Evan. Yeah, yeah, something like something like that. But do you think he will excel compared to someone like Ben Burkirvin? I mean, I, Evan I Weaver. Thought, Evan Weaver. Evan Weaver. Thank, Weaver. You. thank you. That's it. Yep. Um, you think he'll do well, bet, better than Ben Burkirvin in comparison? I I don't I don't remember who he got drafted by. I I can't tell you. I uh, I you know I again I I say it like uh, let's go back to UW right. Uh, Marquise Tuyasa Sopo, mm-hmm. best best quarterback, uh, best quarterback in the call in NCAA in two thousand one. Who's the yep. who's the quarterback in the NCAA that had the Hall of Fame career that played against him in the Rose Bowl that year? Drew Brees. So Marquise Tuyasa Sopo outplayed Drew Brees the entire year in the Rose Bowl. Fantastic, great memories. But when it comes to the NFL, you can't have any weaknesses in your game. Okay. Yeah, Are one, you saying Tim Tebow has weaknesses in his game? Uh, yeah, it's called the whole left side of the field. <laughs> oh, <laughs> do wow. you guys ever? Do you guys ever look at his splits of throwing to the right versus the left side of the field? Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty bad. Uh, how did you get in the NFL? Because he should have been a tight end. Yeah, that's how he. That's how he should have gotten in the NFL. Or maybe a Taysom Hill, like put him. 
put him, yeah, put a, put the ball in his hand down the field, and then he he could run and and do some things. But anyway. maybe maybe he can run like a uh, option pass or something like that. Yeah, but the old no, you, you right. put him out there as a tight end slash fullback, and then you what you do is you randomly run from the huddle and have him be quarterback randomly. Yeah, and 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 have your quarterback line up as a tight end instead, and then yeah, you you catch the defense off guard and run a different play. I hate the whole wildcat in the in the uh, in the NFL because they stop the play, the quarterback runs off the field, the replacement guy runs in, and it's like okay, the, the defense has five minutes to prepare for this and knows what's coming, and then nothing happens. Yeah. Anyway. No, it doesn't work anymore in the NFL, but um, we're coming up to the. They end never of the... really did. <laughs> we're coming up to the end of the show, but I want to ask a couple of uh, hockey questions here. Just wanna. Just want to ask, what do you guys think the popularity of the Seattle Kraken are going to be? Not and Matt, you better not say, "Well, they're going to be extremely popular with me, Matthew Page." Nah, I want to hear what do you think they're going to be? Uh, what do you project them being? Uh, where do you project them being as far as popularity in the city and the surrounding areas of Seattle? I'll go first, so Matt can have a soapbox after that. I'll be quick. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it's going to hit. It's going to be crazy. I mean, I think, you know, how the Sounders, when we got our team back, I don't know, what was it, 10, 12 years ago, whatever it was. And in my opinion, there's a lot of bandwagon fans, but they filled out that stadiums every night. And I think we're going to, you know, be filling out whatever there are new stadiums every night, every single night. I mean, it's going to hit the city by storm. I mean, whether they know hockey or not, I think. Seattle's going to be loving this. So, I mean, there, there should be no doubt that they're going to be filling those stands, whether we, we suck or not. So, anyways, Matt, it's up to you. Well, yeah, you made the comparison I was going to make, which is that to the, to the Sounders and that the team, how the city embraced the Sounders. And, and yeah, I mean, they, they're, yeah, like you said, there are some bandwagon fans that were just like, oh, yeah, it's a new something new and I got to go to root for them and blah, 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 blah. But at the, at the other hand, there are a lot of people that I know now that have, have been converted to the ways of the of soccer and, and, and have gotten become passionate um, fans of the Sounders. As a result, they, they got exposed to it. They got a little interested in, 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 and got exposed to it. And there was already, uh, you know, ground sub-level support because the Sounders had been in existence in the, in, the, in the area for quite a while. And we have, um, you know, WHL teams here you know and, and with the thunderbirds and and the and the silver tips so we we know there's some hockey fans in the area and and you know i mean it's it's about time that we finally get a, a an nhl team and i think there's going to be a lot of support all right is it time for the haters to get over the name yes i honestly haven't really heard a lot of hatred for the name to be honest i thought everyone was generally positive about uh, larry, it. larry stone again, so larry stone had a huge art, article about it uh, well, Larry Stone is. I'm not going to say it on the on the air, but he's, Larry, he's wrong. Yeah, he's I wrong. Disagree. Are you going to say wrong? I I respectfully disagree with Mr. Stone. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'll make sure. I, I'll I will take him on Twitter on pretty much problem. every thing he's ever written. Wow. <laughs> all right, all right, Soul Man. Any shout outs this week? <laughs> um. I'll, I'll switch back to my our, our beloved Aqua Socks. They're, they have another sale on their product. This weekend, I think it's 25% off. Please go to Everett Aqua Socks to support them all weekend long, 25% off, in, you know, all their gear. So they, they can use it. 
Is it 20? Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. Either way, go support them, please. And Matt, do you have any Uh, shout outs? No, I I was going to say the same thing. A 20% off uh, Aqua Socks. Go go help them out. Um, We need them them to make money because we need, because there's going to be some impending minor league changes probably coming for next year. uh, And we need them to stick around. So buy, buy tons of stuff. All right, great. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us on Seattle Sports Union's podcast. Check out all our great articles at seattlesportsunion.com. As well, like us on Facebook and check us out on Twitter. That's at Seattle Sports U. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Later. Later. Later.